完璧などはありえないこの世界は不完全だから美しいバカバカバカなに俺は海賊王になる待ってなんとこいつさなの力を渡した時に言ったことを覚えているかいクレ違うそこじゃない変態遅い Hello and welcome to More Than Hentai, a podcast that is here to show you that anime is far more than just tentacles and catgirls. There's also countless stories of love, loss, laughs, hope, horror, and happiness that are just dying to be found. And I, Brendan White, the Salt and Pepper Senpai, is here to help you find them. More Than Hentai is proudly powered by 8bit.net and those sexy audio based legends over at Audio Technica. And joining me on this episode is a man who I have known since we were barely out of nappies. He's a pillar of the IT industry as well as a player of many a video game and watcher of even more anime. Maybe more so anime than I have consumed myself. You can find him on them socials at Lemo Tank, which is L E M O T A N K. Liam Hart, welcome to the Riverside Studio, my friend. How might you be doing? I am good, man. I am good. Thank you so much. What a great, great in,、uh, intro. I love it. The history of yourself writes itself. So I just fill in the, in the dot points and、uh, emphasize and, and highlight some of your fantastic achievements and skill sets and、uh, then just, just let it play out. But、uh, yeah, we're here. You were telling me sort of before we started recording that this is, I guess, your first official, in air quotes, podcast. So、uh, welcome to、uh, your first time. You always remember your first. And, <laughs> and speaking of, like, it's crazy to think. Like, I've done many podcasts with many people, and I talk about people that I've known for so long, but you like exceed all of them by decades. We have known each other since, yeah, we were like four, five years old, thereabouts,、yeah. preschool days, right? Lambie Street? Lambie Street, please, preschool, yep. Yeah, and then I don't think we went to the same primary school. Can't remember. Yeah, can't remember yeah, way back. I, then. Went,、um, I was at St. Pat's <laughs> the entirety. And、yeah. then、uh, I think we regrouped again at Monero High for 11 and 12. But、uh, yeah, this, this story goes way back to when we were little kiddies. And、um, I guess that's a fun start point to go way back with what got you into anime. Give us your history because we were sort of talking about this a little bit offline too that、uh, you know, you've, been, you've been out in the weeds of the,、uh, the Japanese animation for, for many moons. So.、Uh, Step us through it. Tell us、uh, how you came to find this fantastic medium and,、uh, you know, loves, hates, favorite shows, everything else in between. The,、uh, the microphone is yours. Cheers. So, like many of us Aussie, we、um, had <laughs> <laughs> Cheese TV, as you probably many of us who, who come on this podcast have mentioned,、um, and Agro's Cartoon Connection.、Um, funny enough, I didn't really consider those shows. Until I was much older to be anime,、mm-hmm. um, like Dragon Ball Z, yeah, anime,、um, Sailor Moon, all those different ones that were on there. But really, when, we, when I moved out of home and moved to、um, Canberra in 2005, I, I found a, a small DVD store and I wandered in there and I found an anime section. I was like, oh, and the guy behind the counter was like, oh, you like anime? And I'm like, oh, I don't really know. And he's like, <laughs> well, how about try this? And he,、um, He recommended、um, Gundam Seed.、Ooh. And I was like, oh, 
okay. And he's like, this is bots, robots fighting in space. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll give it a go. So back then you buy the DVDs as they kept releasing month after month um, from Madman here in Australia. And yeah, so that got me pretty heavily into anime and I built my anime collection out to thousand plus DVDs um, of many, many different, many, many different um, genres and names and titles and yeah too many to think of now that collection has dwindled because you know as you i started trading them all in as the digital age came about and we started moving to streamed broad streamed content i think i was number five on the madman streaming service <laughs> nicely <laughs> fifth, done fifth person to sign up i think and then they obviously got sold to um yeah crunchyroll or not crunchyroll to um to Funimation. Funimation, yep. And it, well, they bought Crunchyroll, yeah. Um, but yeah, so many, many decades of watching anime. My favourite would be Full Metal Alchemist um, Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely love Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I've got a number of, of paintings and artworks um, around my house of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. It's still some of the best storytelling out of not only anime but like you know if we want to pivot to to mainstream film and just broader animation it is very very special what they did with brotherhood and yeah it's it's a semi-regular rewatch for me every every year or two just to go back and, and relive that story because it just hits so hard in so many levels and yeah it's it's a crown jewel i think for many fans of anime and, and is that like you're talking about your collection that's dwindling have you got a few sort of prize items or, or prized series in the collection that you're just never going to give up because it is just near and dear to your heart that's going to going to live on with you forever yeah full metal alchemist is one of them but i've mm-hmm. got both full metal alchemist and full metal alchemist brotherhood um that i'll probably never get rid of um i have all of my dragon ball z's in both blu-ray and dvd <laughs> that is that's probably like 500 dvds on its own it's <laughs> a lot of dd it's a hundred and what is it, 120 DVDs, I think? Can't remember. I'm pretty sure it's around that. It's a lot of DVDs. Yeah. Um, what other ones? The. Oh, I'd have to go and have a look, man. <laughs> yeah. Have you got any in that, in that still very extensive collection, I'd imagine, that are sort of guilty pleasures or ones where, like, if, it, if most anime fans would see it, they might roll their eyes and be like, why have you got that? Like something that you just love that is a little bit cringy or eye-rolly or, or just like, uh, I guess, out of the norm? Um, it's a good question. <laughs> it's a good question. Ooh, what would it be? It's probably something like um, Sailor Moon. <laughs> yeah, I've got the Sailor Moons. There are, like, you do have your big fan base for Sailor Moon, but I don't think it's as big here in Australia. Yeah, I think it's um, it's a very concentrated sort of super fandom over here, I think, with, with Sailor Moon. A lot of the other more recent mainstream stuff, I think, taken it taken it a buy, but a lot of the uh, the Cheese TV and aggro fans that, that we grew up with, uh, I'd say are probably still fist pump into a bit of Sailor Moon and that absolute banger of an intro. But uh, yeah, I, I guess it's all relative though, isn't it too? Like something that, that you might think is cringe, I might not and vice versa. Like it's all uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So uh, all anime is beautiful. You know, we're not going to yuck anybody's yums here. So uh, as long as you're having a good time and uh, enjoying yourself and staying safe, I think I think everybody's happy. Yeah, definitely. 
Most definitely. On the topic of anime though, like what is what are some of the things that is your favorite part of the medium as well? Like, you know, whether it be the storytelling, the over the topness, the unpredictability, like what is it that draws you in mostly with anime, you'd say in general? The high fantasy, otherworldly. Um yes, I really love Isekai, um, since it sort of hit mainstream and became the super duper mega popular and every other day you've got 10 new isekai releasing it's absurd isn't it like i'm high-fiving you right now because i think isekai can be a little divisive there's a lot of people that hate it but then there's other people like you and i that love it and and i'm all about that high fantasy pseudo escapism due to walking in front of a postal truck or whatever the hell always seems to happen and it's the best so uh yeah tell me more about isekai and why you love it so much yeah, so it's um, I because I'm a, I've always been into high high fantasy D and D. I love gaming, like you yourself. Um, but the yeah, going into another world and being able to be part of that other world and live it is just something that I think would be really cool to do. Even like virtual reality, like you get in Sword Art Online and being able to go into to more of a virtual world by your whole mind pretty much just going shifting into that that reality Mm -hmm. um even though your body still remains in your in reality um that's just that would just be wicked fun i reckon um especially as a gamer yeah Yeah, it's it's certainly the uh the connective tissue between both both worlds or both mediums where video gaming and, and anime definitely come together with that isekai formula and it's it's perfect like yeah it's it's a bit of a bit of a gateway drug i think for for either way to go and and yeah i can't get enough of of a good and a bad isekai i've watched many horrible ones as well but i just i can't stop i can't quit it (laughs) yeah there are so many bad ones but i commit myself to them like even if they're bad like i'm still like i'm watching this to the end oh yeah yeah it's it's fantastic And, and and like you said they're just part of these seasonal runs there's easily a half a dozen of them every season that are isekai base uh and and even and then half of that half a dozen are probably pretty woeful but there's there's a gem usually tucked in there somewhere and amongst them all but it's great it's great give me all the uh the high fantasy absurdities and then the even more absurd and obscure companions that seem to come from the back of these isekai that that, uh weaves in as well anything um on the anime front that you sort of just cannot stand is there certain certain tropes or certain subgenres of anime where you're just immediately out on or are you a pretty forgiving anime fan and will watch just about everything very forgiving there are some things that i do find it hard to get into such as the topic of the day vinland saga uh, but really i i do enjoy pretty much every anime i watch and i will i will try and see it through um, time is limited these days, especially now that I'm a father. But um, back in the day when I had ample hours, I'd, I'd probably just have an anime running constantly on one of my computer monitors whilst doing something else. Mm. That's me right now. I am, I'm living the former <laughs> Liam life at the moment and it's, it's grand, I must tell you. It is yep. fantastic, but it can be lonely. So I, I certainly uh, uh, am envious at the same time. 
Yeah, so, so as you mentioned, for listeners that are stopping by More Than Hentai for the first time, the way this show works is we're doing a singular deep dive on the first episode of one particular anime. We're going full spoilers. We're not going to sort of spoil the, the long-term or, or the big plot twists or the major plot points of the season as a whole. We're just going to be looking at it from a, a narrow lens for episode one. As Liam mentioned, we're going to be talking about Vinland Saga, which is a historical manga series written and illustrated by Makoto Yukimura, a 24-episode anime television series adaptation animated by Wit Studio, aired from July to December of 2019, and a second season animated by MAPPA premiered in January of 2023. It currently holds a score of 8.73 on my anime list based off 734,000 users, And the broader story of Vinland Saga is as follows. Young Thorfinn grew up listening to the stories of old sailors that had travelled the ocean and reached the place of legend, known as Vinland. It's said to be warm and fertile, a place where there would be no need for fighting. Not at all like the frozen village in Iceland where he is born. And certainly not like his current life as a mercenary. War is his home now. Though his father once told him, you have no enemies, nobody does. There is nobody who it's okay to hurt. As he grew, Thorfinn knew that nothing was further from the truth. The war between England and the Danes grows worse with each passing year. Death has become commonplace and the Viking mercenaries are loving every moment of it. Allying with either side will cause a massive swing in the balance of power and the Vikings are happy to make names for themselves and take any spoils they earn along the way. Among the chaos, Thorfinn must take his revenge and kill the man who also murdered his father. The only paradise for the Vikings, it seems, is the era of war and death that rages on. So episode one is called Somewhere Not Here. It opens really, really gorgeous. This opening serene shot of fields and like simple farmland. And you can see Thors, who's Thorfinn's father sort of in a little bit of a daze, just thinking of better times. And then it transitions into this massive sea battle with a whole heap of Vikings and, and the English doing battle in around the year 987. And then it just sort of sets the tone from there. So what did you think of this episode, Liam? The, the opening shot, and then we can sort of just take the discussion wherever you, wherever you please. So you mentioned on the lead there, though, that you sort of had a little bit of a hard time getting into this. So uh, tell me about that and tell me about your thoughts with Vinland Saga so far. Yeah, so, I mean, the opening's good fun, isn't it? <laughs> the, um, the Viking ship battle um, between the English and, yeah, that was, that was really cool. Um, I, had to, I had to count how many people Thorfinn kills in the first um, five minutes. That's 23. Um, it's not even. I don't even think it's the first five minutes. It's actually, the first three minutes before the opening credits. Um, and he's offside of Thorkel, takes out four dudes in one blow and a mast. That's uh, yeah, good fun. They they're certainly lean into with these big Viking warriors, almost bordering on like superhero type of levels, like yeah. like Thor's, where you mentioned he's he's jumping from from ship to ship like a ninja almost. Like he's got this massive verticality to his jump, and then he's just stepping around, stabbing so many people. He takes an arrow in the shoulder, doesn't even phase him. Like these guys, and it just paints the picture just for these Vikings in general that they are just hardened warriors and are just killing machines. Yeah. yeah. Uh, definitely paints the picture for, I, I expect, what the rest of the series will be. Episode one, lots of story building, um, lots of world building. Um, it's a very pretty anime, um, very pretty anime. Um, I'd almost put it up there with like Studio Ghibli uh, quality of anime and how how beautiful it is. The characters are already in episode one very deep 
Um, the the writing behind them is is exceptional. Um, the voice acting. So I, I only watch um, subbed. Mm-hmm. Um, so yep, yep. Uh, it's it's very very good. Uh, I haven't I didn't watch the dubbed. I watched the first episode a few times. Um, just to get a get a feel for it and pick up any of the the little details that um, I might have missed from the first episode, it doesn't doesn't leave a lot. Like if you're looking to get into an anime, it doesn't really leave a lot for you to to go on. Mm. Um, and you definitely need to carry on and and have a look into the next episodes after it. But if you're looking like oh well I like this anime, then episode one is like oh I don't know, <laughs> the, like yeah. Yeah, it's. I completely agree. Like, it is a, it is a bit of a slow burn of a first episode. Like, yeah, it opens with that beautiful shot in the field, and then we get a crazy sea battle, and it's like, whoa, this is awesome! I'm hooked. And then the pacing strips right back again, and we sort of jump forward again to around the year a thousand and two, and by then, Thor's is let's just say he's put his blade away, and he's he's living a simple life in Iceland, raising a family, and they've got a village. So we're seeing that a lot of that simplistic villager farmer type of life. So the action completely removed from those few minutes ago where you told when you mentioned that the two guys killed twenty seven people between themselves in, in the span of like three minutes. Yep. The the pacing went from a ten to a three. And yeah, like I completely agree with with the um, the art style of it, especially with the the broader shots and the scenery and the environments. Like it is very Ghibli esque. It almost feels like it's hand painted or, or almost watercolor esque in in the way um, those scenes are filled out, and it's really pretty. But it, it takes some time to then introduce the viewer to Thor's and his family. You meet his wife, you meet his his younger daughter, and you also meet uh, his young son Thorfinn, who is the, the one of the lead characters of the show moving forward. But yeah, the first episode. It's not massive on huge plot developments. It's just really showing this simplified drama-free life, but it's sort of sandwiched with some big drama and then some potential impending drama with some foreshadowing going on there. But outside of that, it's it's very dialogue-heavy. And the voice work, both the sub and the dub, as is tradition, the, the sub or the Japanese type of, of vocal delivery is stronger than the English version, but they're both really solid and, and very emotive and, and doesn't feel watered in. And it's fresh voices. We were talking offline about the same like 10 mainstream voices you seem to hear for most dubs. You don't really run into any of them in this season. So it does sort of feel a little left of center, I think, compared to a lot of the mainstream stuff. And I think like that's what this show is in an, looking at it from that broader lens is, you know, there ain't really any Viking anime out there. Like this is a very unique concept it's a very unique story that they're trying to tell amongst everything else like the high fantasy and stuff we were talking about like this is very very different to everything else we're used to uh for for fans of anime i think definitely yeah um i don't recall any real historical based anime over the past you know 10 years 20 years even i can't think of many any even yeah the the creator he um definitely what is it makoto yukimara it definitely took a lot of um history from the vikings the danes about like there are actual pretty strong tellings within vinland saga that he has taken a lot of of um tells from um that time period and from history Mm -hmm. it's very close to that adventure seeking vikings um 
probably would have been a lot more violent back then, but got to dilute that a bit, I suppose, <laughs> for for anime and for viewers. They they don't dilute a lot of it. Like uh, no, I guess much. minor spoiler, but not a spoiler. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the twenty four episodes in that season one, there is much violence. There is much uh, appendages being cut off, and and many <laughs> many a hectic wound. And um, yeah, they don't hold back. Like in comparison to the live action Vikings and things like that we've seen on uh, on the History Channel and then Netflix, it's a little bit more violent, a bit more visceral. But yeah, they they don't spare the claret in the, this animated version, at least. And, and Wit Studio like knock it out of the park with the animation style and and just showing some of those atrocities and just really violent uncomfortable moments like they don't romanticize any of that which i really appreciate too yeah no they certainly do not which is awesome we pivot back to the story there where understanding about thors and and yeah we we saw i guess who he once was as far as this crazy big viking general supreme warrior aficionado and now he's the simple thors the farmer and what's happening after a after a few minutes there uh we're getting leaf sharing some backstory and entertaining the kids of the village and talking about the viking way of exploring and battles and and what it's like to be out in the sea and and the kids are all over it it's it's fantastic and uh then we we sort of get to a, a scene after that where we're seeing this slave who who's sort of broken the, the chain, literally, and I guess metaphorically, walking his way through the snow, trying to escape the life that he lived, and he's headed towards the, the village that Thor's and his family occupy. And they discover him the next day. He was covered in snow, frozen over. They discover him the next day, bring him inside the house, try and bring him back to life because he's on death's... Or he's, I guess he pretty much is dead, and they pull him back from death's door, and you know, bring him back in and, and all this this slave wants to do i guess is just never wants to go back he uh says some pretty ominous things about lord halfdan which is the the viking owner of the slave that treats his slaves very poorly you can see all these scars and and damage done to this slave and he's just saying i never want to go back promise me you're not going to take me back and you can already see in these moments that thor's he's a very he's a humble man he's true to his word he just wants to do the do right by people and then a couple minutes after that we hear that Halfdan and his his warriors have arrived on shore and they're they're looking for looking for the slave yep looking for their man who got away yeah yeah so so they didn't have to look very hard or very far they found him within a day very very efficient but uh yeah they find him they have a little bit of a bit of a sort of dispute at the dock because these two villages are on and off having having battles and skirmishes over farming land that's been happening for years. Get some backstory about one guy cut one of um, Halfdan's man's arms off because he cut his brother's leg off and, you know, eye for an eye type of thing. But then you see how crazy Halfdan is and his mate who's about to sort of escalate and start this fight again Halfdan's been swinging this chain around, talking about a chain and, and all these euphemisms and uh, metaphors about uh, chains and slaves. And then he whips this chain and it wraps around the, the guy that's sort of inciting this potential violence around his face and he whips it back. And this guy's face and head just gets ripped to pieces. And then there's a few shots where they're just focusing on the, sh- on the chain and you can see like bits of flesh and hair and blood all over the chain as he's sort of talking about the monologue. Like it was... 
a very intense scene with some crazy imagery. Oh yeah, yeah, that was um that was full on. Uh, not that yeah, wasn't really expecting that to come out of left field, chain round the face. Yeah, times. Yeah, I uh I certainly wouldn't want to be in in that man's shoes. That's for sure. But um. Yeah, that happens, and the crowd is silenced on both sides, whether it be Halfdan's men or Thor's men. There's potential for boil over still, but then what happens is uh, Halfdan goes up to Thor's house, uh, discovers that his slave is there, demands his slave back. Uh, Thor's is then asking, how much did you pay for this man? He said two sheep, and he's like, well, I'll pay you three. And he's like, no, take him, my man, stick your deal up your ass. And then he goes, well, I'll give you four sheep. And then he goes, yep, I accept that deal for eight sheep. So he's paid like more for this one dying slave than most people do for, I guess, many slaves. Or I, I don't know what the, the sheep currency ratio is back in 1002, but it's a lot of money. It's emphasized by the people in the room. And and um, Yuva, who's, who's his younger daughter, like Thor's younger daughter, is freaking out about this because, you know, it's a very... Uh, you know, hard wet, hard place to live in Iceland. Like you can see the the elements. It's it's not a a nice warm sort of paradise. It's very harsh and hard on the people. And and giving up eight sheep for a dying slave rubs the family and a, a lot of the villagers, I guess, the wrong way. Yeah, practically dead slave. Yeah, eight sheep probably get you um a couple of nice wives back in those times. <laughs> that's a that's a lot of a lot of money, a lot of currency in mm. sheep terms. To trade away for, but yeah, it shows the character of, of Thor, what he's like as a man. Yeah, that's it. Like he's he did right by this slave. Like he didn't owe the slave anything, but I guess he probably saw a little bit of his story in in a roundabout kind of way there, where he's free of the war and free of I guess the chain of violence, living this simpler life, and and he wanted to try and try and let this man go out on a high, so. Yeah, he gives gives the the eight sheep to Halfdan. Halfdan, I guess, gets on his longboat and pisses off again after that. But then the scene after that happens is where they're burying the slave. The slave like died the next day, and <laughs> Yuva is devastated about the cost they paid for a slave that lasted five hours. And yeah. uh, you know, Thor's very non-committal about it all. Doesn't really talk about it much. But yeah, like you said, it just really emphasizes the character of this man and, and I guess his moral compass and his moral code. Yeah. Nice scene that where they're standing on top of the hill with the northern lights. It's very pretty. Very pretty. Yeah, the animation in that spot is great. And the way they've sort of framed it, they've got almost the camera looking up at them from the ground. So yeah, you're really seeing this this northern lights based silhouette above them there. And during during this uh scene, but also throughout this first episode, Thorfinn Thor's son, he's very inquisitive. He's always asking questions about, you know, the former Viking life. He's talking to to Leif about that and the exploration and how he wants to go out on the sea with him. And then he's sort of talking to his dad at the end of it because Leif sort of said to Thor's halfway through the episode that a group of us left Norway years ago because King Harold come along and they didn't really agree with what he was doing when he's trying to unite all of these Viking tribes under one under one nation and one ruler, uh, one ruler being King Harold, where Leif and, and Thors and other people said, you know what, this isn't for me, I'm out, I'll see you later. So they fled, 
which really sort of angered um, Thorfinn, feeling that I guess his family and, and his people are almost cowards in a way. So he's sort of trying to understand that and, and try and uh, get an explanation as to why they did it. And it's kind of nice to sort of see them have a bit of a father-son moment there. But then we get this this line where um, Thorfinn then asks Thor's like, so if someone wants to run away from here, where do we go? And it's like, oh, what's going on? And then the, the episode sort of ends and you see Floki and a crew of the Yom's Vikings setting sail for Iceland. It's very ominous. The music builds up and sort of crescendoing and a bit foreshadowing. And then it pans back to the village and it focuses on Thor's home and then it focuses on a chest containing his equipment and his weaponry from his past as a Viking. And so that's where the credits roll on episode one. So it doesn't give us a lot, but did it give you enough to keep you intrigued, keep you interested? Are you going to keep watching? Or are you sort of just like, hmm, I'm, I'm going to go check out this Isakai instead? <laughs> well, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head there. I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm just going to go watch all the latest Isakai, um, <laughs> which, you know, coming into April, there was a lot more drop than I thought there would be. But um, I, I have gone back. Um, I've watched episode two mm-hmm. um, and episode three. Nice. It's, yeah. So it did indeed um, entice me enough to, to keep watching, to see where the story goes. The, the fact that there are a lot of great reviews out there for it that say it is a masterpiece of, of anime and that I, I'm a, I, like, I like my history. I like, I like that era around then. Um, so I, I studied it during school and I know a little bit about it. So it's 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 cool to see it in in anime and to try and follow along and that that it's not entirely one hundred percent made up. There are touch points here and there between what what is what would have been historic accuracy, which is cool. So it's good to see that. Um, yeah, but yeah, still, um, I think uh, you need to probably watch five episodes to to really get into this anime. Yeah, even two, even a couple in, I'm still like, oh. yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's very much a slow burn. Like yeah. some of the anime that we're used to, the first episode might be a lot of table setting, but it could end on a big moment or a, or a big like, what what's gonna happen next? So you you get hooked, but this is very much almost like you're in that long boat and you're just rowing. You know, it's very slow and calculated, and you just <laughs> yeah. just rowing your way across the ocean here, but. It is very unlike just about every anime that I've seen where it is so methodical in its storytelling. Like, yeah, there is some big moments and some some big, crazy, high-action set pieces, some huge amounts of violence and some big jaw-drop twists or, or unexpected sort of story developments, but it is a slow burn. It feels like... Breaking Bad and The Sopranos and all that where, you know, a lot of not a lot of stuff might happen episode to episode, but it's just the dialogue or the story or the stakes sort of keep you coming back. And I feel that that's what Vinland Saga can be a little bit because it isn't always constant big bang explosions and, and crazy wow moments. It is a very subdued way of telling story. And yeah, I think maybe you do need to be in a bit of a certain mindset to watch it and fully fully embrace it. But yeah, you've got to commit. I think you need to give it a good ch- couple of episodes to see if it does sink its hooks into you long-term. 
but it's well worth the persistence in, in working through those episodes because the payoff at the end and just like we talked about the story, the characters, the soundtrack, like we haven't even talked about uh, Utaka Kamada's choices with the soundtrack and you know he's most most notable for doing all the all the sound work for Tokyo Ghoul and the intro and the outro tracks especially for Vinland Saga are, are bangers so uh, oh, yeah the outro the outro especially I loved it um Torches by well, Aima yes I'm yeah. Yeah. yeah Japanese pop singer yeah that that one whoa that was so good um I'm not I don't watch opening themes a lot or ending themes i'm sort of like skip <laughs> but um yeah because we're doing this i was like all right i'll watch it all the way through the yeah the end credit song was just awesome the opening one a paradox i enjoyed a fair bit as well who who's that by uh, survive said the prophet that's it yeah yeah a bit of bit of a big sort of like power metal power rock with some then just some some random unexpected screams that get thrown in there too, but like it, it builds like it's it's epic and like you said too, like I I don't pay a ton of attention to intros and outros once I've seen it a few times, but it's interesting with Vinland Saga because there's so many characters that they show in there that aren't introduced yet or moments that you haven't seen yet, so you sort of you, you keep a keen eye on that intro and you go oh that's that person I remember now three episodes in and. You know where they are doing a little bit of a bit of a misdirect, sort of showing here and not showing there. Like it's it's really good, and, and yeah, the the sound work in the show it's what itself really builds that sense of scale and epicness and, and history. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I suppose watching the opening to to get a little bit more grasp of what's coming is, is good. Some some animes, some animes do that. Some animes don't. Mm. Um, way that they've done it. Vinland Saga is nice. Definitely, definitely. So so overall, what would you say is probably the, the good or the high points of Vinland Saga and then the bad points? And then um, I'll get your get your last word and if you'll continue to watch beyond these, uh, I guess, these three episodes you've now consumed. So you will continue to watch at least past episode one, but will you go beyond three? We'll find out soon. <laughs> yeah. I, I I really liked the, the opening with the yeah the Viking longboats battle, but you know high high action, lots of lots of killing, <laughs> um, and I actually really liked the the end credit song, yeah, which was which was awesome. Um, so the what I didn't like was probably how slow how slow it is. Like you said, it's a slow burn. Um, more of a yeah, you you you've got it right with it's it's like a um, Breaking Bad, you know, like a, a building storytelling growing getting you into all the different characters and Mm -hmm. um which yeah you have to definitely be in a certain mindset for Um, so if if, like going into an anime it's not something that i really think about it's just like oh it's an anime it's going to be fun and happy and colorful and um all random stuff might happen and and no no it's like this is a viking historic anime um it's it's slow it's storytelling it's beautiful enjoy it um and just soak it in yeah i'll I'll go past episode two for sure um i'll i'll at some point i will probably binge watch everything (laughs) right up until the end of season two that's just how it is when i when i'll find some time i'll be like yep all right i'm watching all of season one Mm -hmm. yep 
yeah, it's it's well worth it. It's well, well worth it. And it's it's funny because yeah, it's an it's an anime, but it doesn't at times feel like it's an anime. Like it's just so tonally different and the pacing is so different compared to ninety-nine percent of the other anime that you and I have probably collectively watched over the years. But it makes it a lot more memorable in that regard. And and like you said, I love that it does weave in historical, like true historical plot points. Like, yeah, it does take some liberties with certain characters or certain things that happen, but there is some true honest breadcrumbs to some of these characters and actual people that existed in history, which I always loved. You know, the the history show or now the Netflix's version of Vikings, it was the same. Like it took real plot points and, and sometimes it molded stories of multiple people into one character or had a bit of fun here, but that's, that's good storytelling as well, where they can take a little bit of fact and fiction and make it believable enough for you to stick around. Yeah. yeah. Very good storytelling. So you're going to continue, you're going to push forward because yeah, we're got season one out in full 24 episodes. Season two is about the halfway point at the moment with about 12 to 13 episodes currently available on a host of streamers but certainly well worth your time and listeners if you if you're curious about what other comparisons or recommendations people have had in conjunction with my anime list and and sort of similar theme shows the the top three that they've got here is attack on titan the original berserk and then dororo which is a fantastic um samurai based anime uh, that is still only on Prime, I think, where the other two, you can get them on Crunchyroll, Funimation, etc. So if you like Dororo, if you like Berserk, Old Berserk especially, New Berserk, not so much for me, but Old Berserk, Guts and his giant-ass sword is fantastic. And if you're a fan of Attack on Titan, they're the, the main three that they this gets compared to. Uh, but yeah, Liam, let's uh, jump into your last word, which is presented by our friends over at Japan Crate. Experience Japan through snacks and knickknacks via monthly package drop courtesy of japancrate.com. So what is your last word, my friend? Well, uh, thanks for having me, first of all. And for those out there who want to watch Val, want to watch Vinland Saga, I would definitely recommend it to you. Um, and like Brendan said, stick with it. And I think it'll be a very enjoyable ride. Mm. Maybe, maybe don't watch it with the kids. Keep the kids <laughs> Keep away the kids. or put them to bed first because it does hit some very mature themes yeah. and imagery and a good amount of hyperviolence. So, yeah, keep the kiddies unless you want to shape them early. <laughs> keep them far, far away from your Vinland Saga viewing pleasure. Definitely. Not a kid's anime. Mm. I'm going to ask you while I've got you, what is something that you want to throw at me to check out? I might have already watched and just not told you, but, uh, you know, unscripted question, but um, what's something that you'd also recommend to myself or the listeners to check out? It could be something you've watched recently. It could be one of your all-time favorites. What is something you feel that we need to check out? Let's see. Death March to a Parallel World Rhapsody. Mm Mm-hmm. I really a, enjoyed that. Pretty fun isekai. Something that I've just gone back and rewatched because I pretty much just I, I don't know. It's it's been one of my my favorite animes in the last couple of years. Um, Sugamichi Moonlight Fantasy. It was very surprising. Hey, like yeah, I never heard of it. I just stumbled. I just stumbled upon it on Crunchy, but I really enjoyed that. It was. Great. Some of the characters, I didn't even mind the 
sexually suggestive undertones and everything else, you know, the fan service in it. It was it was done to a, a decent level, not too much to be super cringe, but it was really fun, really enjoyable. And I can't remember the main protagonist name in it, but he was a hoot because he was just this dorky little dude that was super strong and <laughs> unites yeah. all the nations. <laughs> yeah, blessed by one god and then cursed by the god of the world that he actually goes to. Yeah. I, I I don't know why I really liked that one out of all of the Isekai over the last couple of years, but I've I've gone back and rewatched it. Um, I've only just gone back and rewatched it, and um, so I'm a spider, so what as well. <laughs> I mean, I know you've seen that one. Most most fans of anime would have definitely seen so I'm a spider. Yeah, so I'm a spider's great. Like it, it sort of goes hand in hand with reincarnated as a slime for me. They sort of yeah. they're very similar tonally. The voice actors are the same, especially on the dub. Don't judge too heavily, listeners. But uh, yeah, the same same sort of cast and crew roll in between both. But they're all good fun. And I love um, from, from Moonlit Fantasy, the, I can't remember her name, like the spider, you know, the spider woman that, yep. that joins his harem. She's fantastic. Yep. And just her and um, the, the dragon god just constantly fawning over, over the lead whose name escapes me is just a great time. Yeah, they're they're his um underlings, the 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 spider and the dragon. Yeah, um, because he's so powerful. They're like, oh, we we love you and we want to we want to serve you. That's, yeah, that's, that's uh, many fun. a person's fantasy, right there, having having underlings <laughs> and people to serve them. Uh, we can yeah. only hope one day that that is ringing true for many of us. Yeah, I mean, we could keep going for for hours, couldn't we? Like, we really could. Way, we could go way back in way back in like, um, Trinity Blood. Yes. Um, like that's going way back that's just yeah cool cool anime that's really before isekai sort of became a thing you know, yeah back back then um and then all your favorites like you know Tr- trigun and mm-hmm. cowboy bebop and helsing um, helsing vampire, vampire hunter d, d vampire yep. d bloodlust ninja yep. scroll neon genesis all the all the big boys and girls from the 80s and 90s Iki tusen dragon destiny I love Iki Tucson, but like the 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 offshoots they've done the last couple of years have not been very good. Like it always bordered on the side of cringe where, you know, the unnecessary nudity from from random fights always <laughs> occurred. Yeah. But they dialed that up even more on I think there was like three offshoots that aired last year. There was like three sub series and I couldn't work out how they all tied in or if they were standalone or what, hmm. but it just it threw me too much, but I really like Iki and the early stuff from the 90s because yes, yeah. it's great combat. Like, yeah, it is a bit smutty here or there, but the fight scenes are genuinely cool. Yeah, they are, yep. 12 Kingdoms, Scrapped yes. Princess. <laughs> the list goes and on. Keep going, keep going, yep. If, if you've got like an online list that you've curated, you'll have, we'll have to drop it in the show notes anyway so they can uh, check out your recommendations and uh, you know navigate that sea with all the all the big waves and all the cringe and all the greatness. Yeah. Yeah. The, the many, many decades of anime. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. But man, that uh, brings us to the official end of another episode of more than hentai. Is there anything else you wanted to shout out? You want to mention where people can find what you're doing. You could remain a mystery on the socials if you want to. I did mention your Twitter handle at the drop already, but like, you know, the floor is yours to talk about whatever and whenever and however you like. I, I am very much not a much uh, social platform user. 
I mean, you can find me out there on the Twitterverse, um, as Brendan said. But yeah, this is this is my very first podcast, really. Um, I have been on some other ones that I don't think really they've just been like little one-timer things. But yeah, being part of like Eight Bit Collective, I've I've supported you for years. I love what you do and what Ali, you know, you guys over on over on your other other podcasts that you've got. They're just awesome, and I love it. Thank you, and yeah, I appreciate all the uh, the support and the love you've been giving us since day one. I dare say so. Uh, you know that is very very appreciative from myself and Ali because uh, yeah, you want to you one of the OGs, you want to you one of the good ones out there, and um, yeah, we're very thankful for for the time you've given us and the love you've given us for for many many a moon. And um, mate, I'm very thankful for you giving out some of your time to jump into the studio here with us and talk about Vinland Saga because I know you're a busy man. You've got many things on. And uh, it's probably getting close to your bedtime. I think you mentioned you're usually in bed by nine <laughs> o'clock these days. It is getting very close. And no, thank you so much for having me on, on your podcast. Um, anytime, yeah. anytime. We'll do it again soon because uh, there's plenty of things always coming out. So there's a few that we can try and cross over where neither of us have watched it. and We can jump in, watch that yeah. first episode and try and have a discussion about, are we going to keep going? Are we going to stop? Yeah. Let's definitely find one of those. That'd be really awesome to find an anime that we're like, yes, that one looks awesome. We'll try and find the next crazy isekai coming up and uh, (laughs) jump in uh, head first and see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. But listeners, be sure to rate, review, subscribe us and all the podcasts you listen to on the regular. Those ratings and reviews help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. They take no time, cost no money and mean the world to podcasters like myself. If you want to check out all the 8-bit related content, you can do so over at videogamesandculture.com. You want to get some tasty merchandise on your body, you can do so over at shop. 8bit.net but listeners whether your anime be subbed dubbed or still yet to come enjoy yourself stay hungry and much love to all the gorgeous waifus out there goodbye